Aloha, everyone. Gina here. Today, we're doing things a little bit differently, and we're bringing you a preview from another podcast we love. It's called The Happiness Lab, and it's hosted by Yale professor and human cognition expert, Dr. Lori Santos. On The Happiness Lab, Lori explores all the ways we get our happiness wrong and what we can do to really feel better. She walks through the latest evidence-based strategies for improving your mental health, sharing practical advice on what will really bring us more joy. In her latest New Year season of the Happiness Lab, Lori tackles how to listen to the inner voice of what we really need in the new year. And in the preview you're about to hear, she's joined by authors Justin Zorn and Lee Mars to discuss an important topic for listening to our inner compass, silence. But it's not necessarily silence in the way you're thinking. Justin and Lee are authors of Golden, The Power of Silence in a World of Noise. They argue there's a difference between the total absence of sound and the absence of noise, and that mindfully taking yourself out of noise is essential for physical health, mental clarity, and vibrant community. I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I did. If you do, you can find more from the Happiness Lab wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's May 25th, 1787, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and the normal morning hustle is beginning to take over the streets. Horse-drawn carriages pound over stone cobblestones as vendor carts with their loud iron wheels trickle into the road. Merchants chat with potential buyers, and pedestrians who cross the road get their usual taunting by the men incarcerated in the four-story Walnut Street prison who are seeking out alms. It's in the midst of this bustling 18th-century urban scene that dozens of powdered-wigged leaders from across the land begin filing into Pennsylvania's statehouse. They'd soon be taking part in a series of conversations that would change the fate of the nation. The stated goal of their historic meeting, which newspapers at the time called the Grand Convention of States and history books would later call the Constitutional Congress, was to fix the previously ratified Articles of the Confederation. But the real intention of the convention was to do something which at the time had never been done before. The delegates planned to draft a constitution that would create a new kind of government. If you're at all familiar with U.S. history, you probably know what happened in the months that followed. The U.S. Constitution was born. And from today's vantage point, it might seem inevitable that these leaders would succeed in their grand mission. But back on that sweltering 1787 morning, it wasn't so obvious how the fateful meeting would go. Tensions were high at the start of this so-called Great Experiment. The task of figuring out how to create a union from so many diverse states was a really difficult one. If these lawmakers were actually going to change the course of history, they needed to concentrate, in spite of all the bustle and noise on the Philadelphia streets outside. The delegates started by closing all the windows of their 40-by-40-foot conference room, even though the record-breaking heat had them sweating badly through their waistcoats and powdered wigs. But clamping all the windows wasn't enough to quiet the din of galloping horses and wagon wheels streaming by outside. So the delegates decided to call in a big favor from the local Philadelphia government. 
The city leaders got as much dirt and gravel and straw as they could find and threw it on top of the cobblestone roads surrounding the statehouse. It was the sort of 1787 equivalent of noise-canceling headphones. And the delegates to the Constitutional Convention actually had this giant earthen noise barrier constructed because they wanted to have pristine quiet, because they didn't want any street vendors or the sound of carriages outside or conversations to disturb their intense deliberation, their deep thinking, their deep work. So this was a value that they had. This is author and congressional strategist Justin Zorn. In his work on Capitol Hill today, Justin has seen that 200-plus years later, 21st century legislators don't really seem to prioritize pristine quiet in the same way our forefathers did. And I found that it was such a radically different reality for U.S. lawmakers today. Everywhere you'd go, there were TVs blasting, alarms blasting, signaling floor votes. There were industry lobbyists schmoozing and backslapping and open bar receptions phones ringing, that back then there was, for all the problems of that age, there was at least in that work a culture that honored quiet time, a culture that valued pristine human attention, which is something that's not so present in the cultures today in most of our society. Over the last few episodes, we've talked about the importance of listening to our wise but quiet inner voices and how doing so may be the key to feeling happier in the new year. But how can we actually hear those inner voices in a society filled with so much noise? So in this final episode of our special New Year season, I want to examine what we might be losing in a culture that doesn't make room for true silence. I want to talk about the costs of too much noise and explore whether there are strategies we can use to fight back against all the unnecessary stuff that grabs our ears and our attention. So that we, like those thoughtful constitutional delegates back in the day, can get the calm and attentional quiet we need to really flourish. Our minds are constantly telling us what to do to be happy. But what if our minds are wrong? What if our minds are lying to us, leading us away from what will really make us happy? The good news is that understanding the science of the mind can point us all back in the right direction. You're listening to The Happiness Lab with Dr. Laurie Santos. It really came from a place of despondency where we were pressing in our various places of work, Justin on Capitol Hill, me working with scientists and engineers trying to work on climate change or removing toxic chemicals. So these things that are so important where there's so much urgency and that experience of everybody speeding up, adding more meetings, right? More everything (laughs) that we found ourselves at the end of our rope. This is Justin's collaborator, Lee Mars. Lee and Justin are evangelical about the problems that stem from the noise in our modern society. In fact, they've recently co-authored a book entitled Golden, The Power of Silence in a World of Noise. The book argues that we'd all be a lot happier if we could begin controlling the noise in our lives. I asked Lee to explain what she meant by this idea of noise. Noise can be described in two words, as unwanted distractions. And usually that comes at us through our ears, through our screens, and even internally through our own thoughts, ruminative, worry, things like that. So unwanted distractions, so that which gets in the way of what we want, our deepest intentions for being here, and things that get in the way of us doing what we're here to do in the world. 
And so let's talk about the three ways you've described that this kind of noise, this sort of unwanted distraction comes in. You know, one is the way we typically think of noise, which is auditory noise. But you all have argued that that's actually getting a lot worse. Yeah, well, we did ask the question, like, is it really louder? And the evidence is showing absolutely Across Europe, an estimated 450 million people are living, that's about 65% of the population, are living with decibel levels that are thought to be harmful to health, according to the World Health Organization. Siren levels have gotten six times louder in order to pierce through the den and get our attention in these loud urban soundscapes. So it is definitely, without a doubt, louder. And it's not just auditory noise that's going up. Justin, you've also talked a lot about informational noise. What do you mean by that? And why is it getting worse? Yeah, it's not just the noise in our ears. It's the noise on our screens and in our heads. And thinking about the screens, we look to a 2010 statement that Eric Schmidt, who was then the CEO of Google, made this estimate that every two days, we now create as much information as we did from the dawn of civilization up until 2003. And researchers have found that most people switch between different online content every 19 seconds, that the average person spends one full hour per day every day working to get back on track after dealing with interruptions from phones and social medias. So in aggregate, we take in about five times as much information, most people in the United States, as we did in 1986. So it's like we're trying to drink out of a fire hose of information. And so that was informational noise. But you've also argued for a third kind of noise, which you call internal noise. Lee, what's that and why is it such a problem for us? So everything we just mentioned is external. But thinking about our internal soundscape internal noise. Ethan Cross, the professor at University of Michigan who wrote the book Chatter, estimates that we listen to something like 320 State of the Union addresses every day of compressed speech. And that speech is not often helpful, as you know very well. It could be worrying, fixating, ruminating of all kinds, just looping and carving those pathways. When we get back from the break, we're going to discuss solutions to all the problems that stem from unnecessary noise we'll see that there are strategies we can use to deliberately seek out the pristine attention Justin mentioned, if we're willing to put in some time and effort. The Happiness Lab will be back in a moment. That was a preview of The Happiness Lab with Dr. Lori Santos. You can find other episodes of The Happiness Lab wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs> 